Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. The cats won't stop peeing on Cooper's bed. Oh, they're trying to establish dominance. Does that say something about Cooper? It's I, it's sometimes our bed, but like most consistently it's Cooper's. And it's never Charlie's. Never, never once have they peed on Charlie's. Do they know they can't assert dominance over her? <laughs> I think they do not see Charlie as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about like Cooper is can seem hard on the outside, but she actually is very sweet. She's squishy on the inside. And then Charlie came walking in the room and I said, now Charlie is squishy through and through. <laughs> Just squishy. She's squishy through and through. She seems sweet. She is sweet. She's sweet. <laughs> the other night, she FaceTimed me to show me something in her room and then walked the phone. It was on your phone, Sid. So I thought you were FaceTiming me, which was very odd. And then it was Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she propped it up in her bathroom to talk to me more. And then just started brushing her teeth while mm-hmm. I just sat there watching her. And then she just walked out of the room. <laughs> and I was like, what? Uh, Charlie? Hello? And she walked back in like two full minutes later. It was like, oh, sorry. I forgot you were there. Like, what, you, you, you called me. <laughs> She's done that to me where she'll just like, she'll start with a question or like a conversation and then just like gets bored with me, but doesn't hang up. Just like puts the phone down on the table and goes back to eating. And yep. it's like, what are you doing? You're kid? staring at the ceiling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're working on our attention span. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> now, the, the mornings are rough because they both like Charlie every morning she, I wake her up and before her eyes are even open I'm like hey honey how'd you sleep and every morning fantastic <laughs> and then she opens her eyes and springs out of bed in her little silky pajamas and is like I'm ready to start the day like and she goes to her mirror she starts brushing her teeth and singing into the mirror and it was now I will say it was Taylor Swift consistently for a while I don't know something changed now it's Hamilton all the oh, time. Man. All, all, and not just Hamilton. She specifically is trying to find all the songs that were cut out of Hamilton. <laughs> the original so we Hamilton. Listened to, we listened to Congratulations over and over and over and again. It's a great song. All, all, all kids go through that phase at some point in their life where they evolve from Taylor Swift into Hamilton. At some point she'll mm-hmm. come back around. So she's in there just like wailing along with Hamilton. And then... Cooper it takes me like a full 20 minutes to drag her out of bed because she's furious that she's awake she's furious that it's morning she's furious that like once again she has to be <laughs> like someone is stopping her from sleeping there is a day and, once again mm-hmm. and I I finally get her to go like get out of bed and brush her teeth and she's standing there at the mirror and every morning now it's the same thing Alexa play Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> every morning and we have blaring in one bedroom Weird Al and blaring in the other bedroom Hamilton all morning I mean I, I don't think what did you like, they, they're, you're, these are such your and Justin's children Absolutely. just in that <laughs> sentence right there like what did you expect <laughs> and she made she prefers any of his polka stuff so like it's it's primarily polka Weird out that is blasting from her bedroom. <laughs> that sounds accurate. I just like imagining her angry while she's listening to it. Mm-hmm. Angry that she's awake, frown on her face, listening to Weird Al. 
oh, it takes her a while. Like it, it does cheer her up, but it takes a bit. So she is like at first she's just standing there in front of the mirror, furiously brushing her teeth while polka music from Weird Al plays. <laughs> she's gonna love caffeine when she gets to discover that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna change change her life. I was that I was that way. Aren't you glad you got interesting ones, Sid? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it great that you, your kids are just little weirdos? Can you imagine if they were just, like, boring? I know. I, I really do. I appreciate that. I never know what they're going to do or say. I never know. Like, the reports from their teachers are always positive, but they're not just like, they did well today. Like, it's always something. They did something strange. <laughs> <laughs> It's always odd, but like not bad. They don't get in trouble. Yeah. I don't think they're disruptive, but like they do odd things. No, I love that. Yeah, it feels like you got lucky there. It'd be such a oh man, I got a dud. It just it follows the rules. It it, it doesn't say anything funny. Mm-hmm. It watches cartoons. Bummer. <laughs> no, I I do. I feel incredibly lucky. They are very interesting, and uh, and I value that highly. <laughs> <laughs> That's you got kid TV 24-7. I do. <laughs> um, no, but and, and Cooper kind of now has this like ongoing battle with the cats because it was just Amelia who peed on her bed. And then we caught Olive on the, because she still has a Nest camera, which we probably can get rid of now. That's leftover from baby days. Um, we caught, like it was Olive once, but it was like Amelia had peed on it right before and then Olive came and peed in the same spot. Well, I, I mean, I, you've got... Go ahead. I was going to say, I assume that's the dominant thing. That's what I was going to say, is actually, like, all, all jokes aside, uh, for whatever reason, the, the cat peed for the first time. Now it could just be the other cat trying to get its smell in the spot that smells like the other cat. And... Uh, and then the other cat's going to keep peeing there because it just smells like it's pee. Like, cats will pee where they've peed before. It's, once they get in their mind, this is a pee spot, it's really hard. You've, you've literally got to, like, throw out the mattress and get anything that smells like it out of there. Because if they can pick up on any of that mm. scent, they'll just, it's cat okay. brain, like, oh, I peed here once, I can pee here again, right? And they will keep doing it. I think you've got to tell Cooper that she's just got to accept she lives in a pee spot. <laughs> or that it's a naturally occurring pee spot and she happens to live in they, it's like a it's like a hell mouth in yeah. Buffy a pee spot <laughs> they they underestimate Cooper though because Cooper will go pee in their spot like that's the kind of kid Cooper is Cooper wouldn't like ever hurt the cats or anything but she'd be like okay fine if this is how you are I'm gonna go pee on your cat bed did did she I mean she didn't as far as I know but <laughs> you weren't sure well, I can, I mean, I can see her doing that. Yeah. I don't know. See, this, this is why this I have guinea pigs. To assert dominance over each other, they shake their butts. <laughs> There's no peeing anywhere. They just shake their butts at each other. It's very fun. Yeah, but there's those little pellets everywhere of poop. Yeah. And they're dry and they all stink. You just mm. scoop them up. It's great. It's, I... I I am not in any way arguing that's worse because smelly poop, of course, is worse. But there is something disturbing about it. It is weird. (laughs) No, I agree. It's it's not. um, It does make me question what's really going on in there. But yeah. Dad said the other day he was talking about mom wants a dog. And he was talking about how 
we were not they were not getting a dog he's never clean and he said i will never clean up an animal's poop never and i said that is not true (laughs) i saw you pick up guinea pig poop (laughs) i've trained dad to like one animal (laughs) no i feel like but they've got that nice big yard i don't know i think they could have a dog mom really wants a dog mom should have a dog we could uh, we could win Mother's Day and lose Father's Day forever. I was going to say that'd be an eternal loss of Father's Day in the same moment. But the thing is, even like when when they had a, a a cat for a while, like Dad never wants the pet, but Dad always likes the pet. And the pet that always, always happens. Dad. Yeah, the pet always likes Dad. So you get the dog. Dad will be angry about it first, and then Dad will love the dog. It mm-hmm. will happen. But he'll begrudgingly love it. He'll act like he, he doesn't. Will. But yeah. he will. I mean, part of why, though, I've, I figured this out. Part of why the cats like him so much is because cats will cats like being ignored. <laughs> have, you, have you met my cat? <laughs> well, that's not that's not always the case. <laughs> I, I was reading about this, that like if you if you keep trying to pet a cat, they will like reject you. But if you just sit there quietly, they will come to you because it's like, why are you not interested in me? You have to play hard to get with cats. Gotta be aloof. Yeah, I don't know about that. Jack comes up to anybody that enters my apartment like, hello, hi, I'm here. You want to see me? I'm sure you're here to see me. Hello, hi, (laughs) hi. Well, Olive does that too, honestly. That's what Sydney has Charlie and Cooper for. That's what they do. (laughs) They do. That's true. They rush the door like, what do you have for me? Are you here for me? Hello, you're here for me. Hi, I have slime. Do you want to see it? Here it is. I'm going to put it right in your hands. Here, touch it. Do you like that? (laughs) Is it so satisfying? (laughs) It's going to be too sticky. You're going to get it stuck on your hands, but that's how we like it. Um, Speaking of your children. Oh, yeah. um, There's other. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. We're talking about Little Miss Sunshine, yeah, which has a little kid that kind of reminds me of Charlie in it. So much mm-hmm. of Charlie. Oh, my gosh. I guess I hadn't watched it since she's been alive, but oh, my gosh. It is a lot like Charlie. So uh, um, if you haven't watched Little Miss Sunshine, I guess I feel like just because of some of the context in this movie, we should say up front like a trigger warning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some heavy stuff. There's some, some death. There's some... Just, you know, if anything, if you're not in the mood for a bummer, there might be some bummers in in this episode. I mean, they talk about the death, but there's also talk about suicidality and, Mm -hmm. you know, suicide attempts. So, yeah, Um, I think I think that's important to get out there. Yeah. Is your is your fair warning? Uh, Yeah. Back in 2006, they didn't tell us that stuff ahead of time. No, no. No. Um, Yeah. And it's a I mean, I guess it's funny. uh, Wikipedia calls it a tragic comedy, which I don't think is a term I've. I've heard before, no. <laughs> but I guess that accurately describes it. That is, that is it. I guess dark comedy is probably what we would more commonly write. Oh, well, but I guess I feel like dark comedy and tragic comedy carry very different intent. Yeah. Like dark comedy is like, we're going to make edgy jokes and like, you know, dark humor. Tragic comedy is mm-hmm. like, oh, there are elements of this movie that are just, just sad. tragic, <laughs> tragic, just sad. Yeah. Just, heavy but then yeah. it's funny in some places yeah, yeah. The, the plot in short is 
that uh, a family is on a road trip for uh, a little girl to be the, the to be in a beauty pageant. The, the mm-hmm. little girl in the family, but that is it's a lot more than just that. <laughs> so much happens on this road trip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and then so yeah. much is going on individually with each character that is playing out throughout the course of the, you know, through yeah. the road trip. Because you've got mom and dad and grandpa, who is dad's dad, right? Yes. Yes. And then the mom's brother, Steve mm-hmm. Carell, who's joining them. And then the two kids, the older brother, who's a teenager, and then the little girl, who's seven, I think is what they say. And and my recollection is, Taylor, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that this was, when this came out, I feel like part of the big deal was seeing Steve Carell in a role like that. Yeah, because was, he had been the funny guy right up until that. This was 2006. So, yeah, I feel like that was a big, mm-hmm. which I don't know why that specific Oh, like idea always gets me like when the known comedian plays a serious role those are always my favorite movies like mm-hmm. you know Robin Williams Jim Carrey Steve Carell they've all done that where they've made the turn to like a, a serious film and they're they're so good mm-hmm. well I'm curious because I just looked because I hadn't really thought about it this was 2006 and the first episode of the American office came out in March of 2005 but they probably filmed this movie around the same time as that like would have just been airing right so like he had already done it but then america had just seen him for a full year be michael scott and then this comes out yeah well and he had been on uh what the daily show before yeah that, right that, yeah that mm-hmm. was that for like six years before mm-hmm. that yeah i mean that that was my it, that was my like because that's how old I am. That like Steve Carell for me was like, oh yeah, from the Daily Show. Like See, the he's so funny, is my he's hilarious. Point for him. Yes. Know. Well, and then I mean, obviously, The Office was bigger than his part on The Daily Show, but like that was my initial yeah. impression. Well, I and think- he. Oh, go ahead. Like, oh, I was gonna say, Anchorman came out in two thousand four. Oh, that's right. He was oh, in those. Anchorman. Yeah, Forty yes. Year Old Virgin was two thousand five. Oh. So he definitely had a slew of like comedic yeah. roles before this. You're right. Oh, uh, the version was that early. Gosh. Yeah. Um, well, and I, but I, you know, what's kind of nice about it. And it, I mean, as someone who like, I guess we work in the comedy space. <laughs> is this comedy? Uh, is this tragic comedy? <laughs> I guess, I guess that's tragic what comedy. I think we found our genre. <laughs> I guess that's sort of where we are. Right? Um, I think it's, it's nice. Funny. Sometimes it's really sad. <laughs> well, Yeah. Um, but it's a good reminder that, like, um, even though we sort of, I think, value, like, drama more than comedy generally, like, we think that, like, there is something um, more elite about drama, uh, to be a good comedic actor is very difficult. Absolutely. And I think it's it's a good reminder that, like, the same thing that, like, we take for granted, like, oh, Steve Carell's so funny, as if that's an easy thing. Right, like, well, mm-hmm. anybody can be fun. No, no, no. That you, we know, not anybody can be funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> have we? Have you seen conservatives try to be funny? It's just yeah. they're it's incapable. Like, they're incapable of it. <laughs> have you seen like the the when they try to do like a right wing Daily Show? How that plays out. <laughs> so not anybody can be funny, and it's mm-hmm. a good reminder that like those same talents and skills are what make them also good dramatic actors. But like. 
it, it shouldn't surprise us, although it always does. It always surprises me when I see them and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so well, good. It makes me so sad. <laughs> I will say, though, in this movie, because it is like part comedy, there are moments of his character that did make me laugh that are yeah. funny. Um, I mean, obviously not in the same funny way that like The Office is funny, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, even just like his run, because obviously they have to run every time they hop in the van. His run that he does to hop in the van, I swear, is in like multiple episodes of The Office that I've seen. And that's just how he runs. And it's just an Mm -hmm. inherently funny way to run. And I can't describe why. But um, obviously them having to run to jump in the van is funny every time because that's ridiculous. But um, yeah. Well, it's a it's a nice reminder. And I mean, I think that this is one of the I mean, at least what I took away. Right. Everybody interacts with a piece of art differently. But one of the themes that I take away from it is that like we that kind of there's this essential absurdity in the human condition. We take mm-hmm. things so seriously. And when we put them, especially in a film there, so we can like show someone's tragedy, whatever their arc is, that is tragic. Like it can seem like the biggest, most important gigantic thing in the world but then when you sort of zoom out like it's all kind of we're just these animals and it's all kind of weird and ridiculous and strange and silly and goofy and absurd at times and I appreciate that because that that is something I connect with to like put life in perspective for me like sometimes it's just ridiculous Mm -hmm. and it's okay to say like I am so overwhelmingly sad right now that I'm going to laugh because it's also it's so ridiculous and random that we arrived here and that we're here and that we get to do this and I don't know there's mm-hmm. something positive in there in all that. Well, I think that there's there's a framing on this movie of like winning and losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's set around this beauty pageant, but also the father Richard is that his name? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he is a like a motivational speaker. He's got one of those like systems that he's trying to sell, like his ten points to success and like mm-hmm. how to be a winner in life, and that that's such like I think that that winning and losing mindset is a very common like mindset, and it really mm-hmm. robs the joy out of life when everything you know you've got to achieve something in life that's the point of life right you have to win at life you've got it's like hey nobody wins Mm -hmm. that's kind of the whole thing Mm -hmm. not not to be as as, not to be dark but nobody gets out alive you know Mm -hmm. and that that's all you really can do is enjoy the ride because you know no no win will really give you immortality (laughs) which Mm -hmm. i think is probably why at the end of it spoilers i guess this movie came out you know almost 20 years ago so um but that's why you don't see the end of the pageant like you don't see who wins she just yeah. i mean you know she doesn't but you don't see how it turns <laughs> you out you assume yeah yeah <laughs> it's banned from all i was gonna say they get pageants banned. in the state of california <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um one thing i i noticed though was and i don't i in 2006 i was somewhat aware of the world but obviously not adultly aware of the world um Steve Carell's character whose name I'm forgetting Frank yes yes um he is gay yes and it is just something they mention offhandedly because he's talking about you know I trigger warning again he's there with them because he had attempted suicide so he's living with his sister um and he's talking about what made him sad because Olive keeps asking you know why did you want to do that she's trying to figure out what that means and um 
he mentions being in love with one of his grad students and says him and olive has a moment of like oh it was a boy okay anyways tell me more and that's really it like there's no other weird stereotypical early 2000s jokes about him being gay um i don't know i was surprised by that that's just like a part of his character that they talk about maybe once and then that's just they move on well, it's sweet because she says, well, that's silly. And yeah. he says, it, it was silly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that I noticed this when he runs into his, his ex there in mm-hmm. the convenience store. Uh, his ex had a pop, call, pop collar. And I found myself thinking, like, I feel like that was such like a fratty look back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Surely a fashionable young gay man would have not been rocking such a fratty look (laughs) i found myself perseverating on that for a while why is his collar popped is he because is he a classic 80s bad boy that's what i was thinking because then he cops in like the convertible old Mm. old style car right with the other with the other guy that he's with so yeah maybe they're just using film language to communicate this guy's a this guy's a tool yeah yeah maybe that was that what that was yeah I, I do not associate that with someone being gay. I associate him, that with like, I don't know. Like, no, I don't want to go to your party. No, mm-hmm. I will not accept that red solo cup from you. No way, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I did notice that same thing, that the kind of it's it's there and it's clear that it's not like, you know, there's no glowing moment of acceptance where the right. whole family goes. And we think that's great that you're gay. Right. Like, yeah. you know. But it is treated with the, I, honestly, I felt the same thing about the element of his, you know, his attempted suicide, where there's, I I found it, I don't know, re- refreshing that it was just like, it wasn't given this high drama, like, oh, no, like, we've got to revel in the sadness of this. Mm-hmm. But it was an element in the movie that was just part of his character. It also wasn't all mm-hmm. of his character. It was just mm-hmm. part of it. And that, that felt very... Ex- for the time, I feel like that's even now. I feel I feel like yeah. we have a hard time with that. Like, mm-hmm. if that's if a character has experienced that, that's their entire story. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, it's not. <laughs> well, and and we also, I think they in the conversation they have at the table, the same one where they talk about Frank being gay. They talk about Olive is trying to find out why did he do this, like mm-hmm. trying to understand it, and with Richard. Who, like, I think we're supposed to understand the, the worldview, the outlook on life that whether or not he really believes it, he's trying to sell. He's trying to market. He's trying to package for people. And he is trying, I think he's trying to make himself believe. Mm-hmm. Um, that So that worldview, I think we're supposed to accept is not a healthy one, not a positive one, not a one that is productive. He's the one who keeps trying to limit the conversation. No, we don't talk about this. We can't talk about this. We can't. Like, these are, this was bad. We never address it. Everybody be quiet. And I, I think that it, it's the way that they portray it is like the other people around the table are trying to say, let's incorporate this into like, this is part of life, these feelings, this, you know, like they're all they're They don't have it figured out, but they're trying to incorporate all these things into what it means to be a human. And and I think that's that contrast shows you how the movie's treating it. You know, that's mm-hmm. like a this is how we're going to handle this. We're not going to be like Richard, who's saying this is no 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 never this is bad scary never mention it you know well and i will say before you know i before charlie was older and she became like a whole person i would have thought that the way that olive is just like okay with this conversation but just wants to know why 
Like she doesn't like doesn't freak her out and it doesn't make mm-hmm. her sad. She just like is curious. I would have thought that was so unrealistic and would have thought like, oh, a kid wouldn't just ask. But that's so that's so realistic to what like an actual I mean, Charlie would do that. It doesn't mm-hmm. kids want to have actual conversations. They just want to know why things happen. They aren't just like, you know, oh, no, that's sad. I'm going to cry. I'm, I'm a seven year old girl. Like, no, they, they want to know. You just have to mm-hmm. explain it to them in a way that they understand, um, which I think well, is, is very cool. Yeah, they're having these big emotions. Mm-hmm. We don't, and we don't recognize that kids have those. Like, as a society, we don't always accept that, like, kids have big, giant emotions just like we do. Um, and they don't always have all the language to understand them. And then they certainly don't know all the ways that, that you learn to kind of deal with those, healthy or unhealthy. You know, mm-hmm. like, the, they don't have all of that yet. Um, and so, not talking to them about that is a way of making them feel like I need to hide these things. I need to feel shame about these things. And I think it, you know, it, it's nice to see a movie that sort of opens up that like, no, we kids have all this going on inside them mm-hmm. and they can be part of that. And of course you think of, you, you're thoughtful about the way you present those things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you would be careful, but kids will ask anything. I mean, it's very, I will tell you a- as a anything. parent, <laughs> it is very, intimidating to know that like kids will ask the most um i don't even want to say it's not inappropriate it's just un nuanced unsocialized you know what i mean yes questions Mm -hmm. and you have a real opportunity when they're young to answer them in ways that will keep them open and thoughtful and allow them to continue to grow and express those things and that is such a oof it's a heavy charge Mm yeah um yeah i also just love abigail breslin she just does such a good job because she makes such a good that character just is both accurate to how a child can sometimes be like a lot and all the adults in the room like when she's running around at the beginning saying like i won i won i won and all the adults in the room are like not saying that they're annoyed by it or that like it's frustrating that this is still happening but like you can tell just on the look of their faces just like oh god okay like she is both that but also so endearing and so herself um it's very refreshing i i saw i don't on on tiktok fed me a clip from the tv show screen queens the other day Mm -hmm. i was like oh my gosh that's her like i knew that but i forgot that she she grew up (laughs) this was 2006 so yeah very talented young actress stuff but yeah Yeah. she's she's Mm -hmm. doing a lot of things yeah, she she's very good. She's very funny. Um, she does remind me of Charlie a lot. Yeah, especially her outfits. Oh yeah, she's <laughs> very authentically herself, mm-hmm. and um, I love I, I I love that. Well, and I feel like there's this element in the movie where it's like she's such like a a a bright like un uninhibited light. And you have all of these adults around her that have kind of been beaten into submission by life. Mm-hmm. And like for as harsh as some of these characters are to each other, I think there's this desire to like, but we've got to keep her like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to us can't happen to her, which is mm-hmm. a feeling that I think we can all relate to. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, when they, oh my gosh, when they realize we're going to have to drive to this pageant yeah. and we're all going to have to get in this bus together and drive, when they when they work all that out. And I'm thinking like, oh, man, I understand that feeling of like, oh, this is 
no, kid, really? This is what you like. This is the thing you want this. And this is what how much we're going to have to do to make it happen. But at the same time, I also will do anything if it will bring Mm -hmm. you this much joy and keep you feeling good about existence. Yeah, I will do anything. Well, and there's no question. Like, they don't ever say, let's just not do it. Like, they, the parents argue over how they're going to get there and what money they can spend on getting there and being there and everything. But there's never a, well, let's just not do it um, mm-hmm. moment. Like, they know they're going to. And even by the end of it, when you get to the pageant, you've got um, Steve Carell and, and her brother, whose name I also can't remember. Dwayne? Dwayne. Um, like, they both the entire time have been very disinterested, don't want to be there you know vibes that like they don't necessarily fit with the rest of the family um but by the end of it they're both you know steve carell's the first one to rush in and make sure she can register like sprinting mm-hmm. into the pageant to make sure she gets there in time. <laughs> i know <laughs> well, i mean like they both are are by the end of it they're all there for her um mm-hmm. and i think you see that in the grandpa from the beginning like mm-hmm. he has a lot going on and he is not like the brightest sunniest person but he does everything to like keep her how she is and as happy as she is and keep her you know the person she is which i had forgotten mm-hmm. that again spoiler alert he dies yeah i i guess it's been a very long time since i've seen this movie but when that happened i was like no that can't be right we're like an hour in he can't be dead mm-hmm. we haven't gotten there yet yeah <laughs> i he, think I- Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was thinking his backstory is he was he was kicked out of his what his nursing home right for yeah. snorting heroin. Yeah, yeah. snorting heroin. <laughs> yeah, heroin. and then I mean I guess he's got a he's an, he's an addict. He's got an active mm-hmm. drug problem, which is what takes his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that that does hit harder now. I think than I don't know. We all I feel like there was just a time where we used to play around with stuff so much in movies and TV that is feels heavier now and maybe that's me maybe it's because i'm old um that hit harder but i also think it it's part of like the movie as as much as they talk about things that are very real and true and raw and shared human experiences there is a surreal element to like just the whole thing Mm -hmm. like the whole like how would this collection of things ever come together in this moment for this journey with these people who have all gone through these things like you know, like the brother Dwayne finding out that he's not going to be a fighter pilot on this trip. Oh, man. That's the moment that he finds out. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I, Frank says, Oh, that means you're colorblind. That means you can't fly a jet if you're colorblind. I was like, Why would this is not the time or place? Why mm-hmm. would you tell him this right now? Why, why is this the moment? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I think they, they, some of them are, are like so exaggerated, yeah. kind of. Um, like things that happen, you know. Yeah. I think there's sort of an uh, I don't know, like an allegory, like a, a bit of a con- con- condensing the idea of like literally the journey we all take in life to like mm-hmm. realize what actually matters, and like mm-hmm. everybody's on that same journey. In this, you know, they're both physically on a trip, but it's also representing that journey that we all go on. So it's mm-hmm. not really yes. about oh no, I'm colorblind, I can't be a fighter pilot, you yeah. know, or oh no, mm-hmm. I'm not the world's number one what Bruce scholar anymore or yeah. whatever like it's not it's it's more about like and again I think it comes back to that winning and losing thing because like mm-hmm. the the dad character is kind of a big jerk 
through mm-hmm. a lot of the movie. And you see that he's trying to, like, he believes in his own success and, you know, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna make this happen. And I think when his father passes away, there's a shift in his character where he understands what losing really is. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. inevitable, but it's not what he quantifies as losing. That's just mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the that's a really good way to put it. I think that they're all on this sort of trip and the only one who stays consistent the entire time is Olive because mm-hmm. she, like, when you're a kid, you know what matters you don't worry about all these other external things what people think you know Mm -hmm. what what people perceive you as you just like know that you love your family and you know it makes you happy and you're going to be yourself and do what you want to do yeah i mean that's it's funny because they are on a family road trip i mean obviously bad stuff happens but like the the she is the only one who would seem to understand like they're there could be an inherent joy in that mm-hmm. you know yeah she gets left behind and she doesn't she doesn't get upset she just stands there and waits for them to come back for her that scene made me so sad I all i could think of was charlie <laughs> standing there outside the gas station just waiting mm-hmm. that would be charlie yeah. um, what I, and, okay. and not mad at anyone yeah no. and go ahead well, so I even like the the image of the the, the the van that they're in they have to run they have to push mm-hmm. to get it to start and it, like that is kind of a metaphor of like you know that n- none of us can can get going alone. We we need mm-hmm. other people. Like I think mm-hmm. that's very clear <laughs> in the mm-hmm. film. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also love that it just continues falling apart the more they go on. Like yeah. the door falls off when they get there, and the horn gets stuck, and it's honking the entire time they're driving. Like <laughs> I don't know how it's still on the road. Um, <laughs> I was going to say I was surprised and I shouldn't be because this was 2006, which I guess is probably about the time that shows like Toddlers and Tierras, um, you know, that probably is not mm-hmm. too far from when that started airing, um, that that's how they portrayed the pageant. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, she doesn't seem like those girls from Toddlers and Tierras. This girl doesn't. So this must be like some other like maybe older sense of pageant where they're not all like the flippers and the spray tans. And I don't know, maybe it's like less of that kind of thing. Um, but no, they get there and it is absolutely that it looks like girls straight out of toddlers and tiaras. Like it's yeah. a thousand mm-hmm. percent accurate. Um, and she, which I think is interesting that they don't like her dance. She does. And they tell her she needs to get off the stage because it's the one her grandpa choreographed. And she like, you know, starts, slowly taking off her outer layer of clothes to super freak um none of it is well, more like like inappropriate for a child than all the rest of the things that the rest of those girls are doing like mm-hmm. the costumes they're wearing and like the dances they're doing right. and everything like none of it that olive is doing is more inappropriate i guess or upsetting but it's just not what they're used to so they just you know they want her they want her off the stage they don't want super freak on their stage anymore <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's true, and I think that's that's like yeah, I I agree that that's for a reason. Like you see, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it I, to me, it's it's more obscene these young girls that are, you know, I mean they they're wearing these skimpy outfits and they've got these full faces of makeup on and all this hair and like, you know, it's that that feels more inappropriate than a a girl who has learned some funky dance moves from mm-hmm. her grandfather you know and, and she's so innocent in it like she doesn't think there's anything wrong with it like it's no. fine yeah it's it is i think that's an intentional choice because it really is interesting that the i perceive a lot of that sort of like i mean this you know coming from my personal standpoint having two daughters 
I would not want to get them involved in this sort of beauty pageant where they would be expected to have fake teeth and fake hair and a ton of makeup and made intentionally to look older than they mm-hmm. are. I feel like that's very that's problematic from my standpoint mm-hmm. is is trying to make your, you know, I have an eight year old and a five year old. I don't need them to look like they're 20. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why would I do that? And there's something upsetting to me mm-hmm. about that. And I think that they are very intentionally juxtaposing like, but we do this, but it's all agreed upon. Mm -hmm. We're all on the same page with this and we're all fine with it. And whatever anybody thinks about it, we've all decided this is okay. But yet here she is. She's she's literally doing a (laughs) striptease. Which at least she's she is clothed. Like she, she does, is. She does yeah. have the costume, and there it. is nothing. There is nothing adult about it, no. I, even though it is. I mean, I know when I say that, that sounds like, how could it be a striptease that's not an adult? It isn't though. It it's like she's a little kid. Mm-hmm. She's very clearly a child. There is nothing about it that seems like that this child understands any messaging or is intentionally trying to send any side, sort of messaging. Unlike the way that I, you know, a lot of those beauty pageants look, which is like. Why? Why does that five-year-old look like she's eighteen? Like, why? Why is this happening? So mm-hmm. I don't know. And it, but she gets kicked out, and of course the other kids don't. I, I do think that's intentional. Yeah. Well, and I think you notice the dad is the only one out there watching at first, watching all these other girls go before Olive, because um, the mom's back there with her, and and the brother and um, and Frank are out, <laughs> not wanting to be a part of that. Um, but he's the only one watching and he's the one who's all big on winning. And I think as you watch him watch all these other girls, he realizes like, I don't want my daughter to win if this is what she's winning in. Like yeah. not everything is worth being the best at. Not everything is worth having everyone vote you as the best or the winner. Um, some spaces you don't need to be, you know, the winner mm-hmm. in. it's okay to not be the best everywhere and this is one of those spaces because you can see him like looking around like why are why is everyone cheering for all these girls like what are, this is awful <laughs> yeah um, and they all say the same thing they all rush back and tell you know the mom don't let her go out there and do her talent she's gonna you know get made fun of she's gonna get hurt don't let her do it i mean that's a that's very relatable to me in the sense that like it and we've already sort of said this like Charlie and Cooper um, I am very proud of who they are they're very confident and brave and not afraid to be exactly themselves you know and the that is such a great thing but in in school or or a pageant or depending on what you're doing you know in certain in certain areas of society as a kid that can be a hard road it, it's it's a little easier sometimes to assimilate. Um, and I think as a parent, I have had moments where I, I'm sending my child into the world thinking like, I don't want you to change because I, who you are is so great. But I also know like there's a chance somebody's going to look at that that shirt that you made yourself that you've decided to wear today or whatever, you know. And somebody might make fun of you for it. And I don't, I can't stop it. And I can't blunt the hurt you might feel when that happens. But I also am never going to tell you not to. That's a hard line that, I mean, I, that's a hard line to walk, you know? I understand that impulse. Like, let's just get her out of here. Let's just get her out of here. This is going to be hard. And we can't watch her go through that. Um, But they choose the better path, which is let's just, let's get in it with her. Yeah. 
Just so great. And I also, I, I don't know if I believe that grown adults would yell at a seven-year-old girl, you suck. <laughs> like, they might not like it. They might not clap for it. But they start audibly heckling her. I, not other kids. Other kids would do that. But, yeah. like, adults. Which well, is why was, everyone jumps up there with her. Which, I mean, I guess is, like, a good way to get them up there. Because they're adults telling her she sucks. So, they bring I the adults up there say, with her to be with her. I was going to say, I agree with you. And then I thought, well, sports. Like, you see that, though, mm-hmm, in, like, true. competitive sports. And, like... isn't this the same i mean Mm -hmm. a pageant like the way that some of not all pageants maybe inherently but like this kind of pageant it's a good point yeah Yeah. it's the same right Mm -hmm. sports (laughs) sports well for the people who participate in it for those parents like isn't it aren't they going at it with the same sort of aggressiveness yeah (laughs) or whatever i don't know um here's my one question though can we get Steve Carell some other clothes? Because he has the one outfit that he wears the entire time. And we are seeing them for at least over three days, right? Like the day they find out about the pageant and the next day they leave. But then they stay in a hotel overnight and then they drive there the next day. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has to be. Oh, go ahead. Well, it has to be intentional. Well, that's what I figured. Like they want him to look like that the entire time. And, you know, he has to keep wearing his bandages. So and all of asks about those, too. Um, but. The whole time I was like, he looks like he's like at some uh, like retreat or spa. Well, I mean, he's, he's wearing all white. And you're right, he does wear mm-hmm. his bandages the whole time. Um, it's interesting, though, because I think a point uh, that, I mean, I, I, um, having the, the fact that his introduction is he, he just had a suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. I feel like keeping him in that, it sort of sets him off from everybody. It's like, he, this That's is true. what he would have missed. Everything mm-hmm. that happened here, mm-hmm. these moments with his family, he mm-hmm. would have not been here for. And I feel like having him in all white with those bandages on, it almost is like a like a kind of a ghostly point? image. It's like his mm-hmm. final outfit, the outfit he would have died in. I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Cause I because I feel like that was something that I thought through the whole movie is like that's must be how his character is meant to view everything going on here. Is this is everything mm-hmm. that he would have missed mm-hmm. had he been successful in his his attempt. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really smart read on it. Yeah, I think I that makes a lot about of it that sense. Way, but yeah. yeah. That does make a lot it's, of sense. It's also, it also could just, I mean, like, it, this is pragmatic, but also representative of his, this place where he is in his life. It might be all he has at this moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he's staying at his sister's house. He may not have had an opportunity to get back to his place yet and get any other clothes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, he's kind of been stripped down to the bare essentials. Right. Yeah. Oh. Um, this movie made me cry, but I was glad we got to watch it. <laughs> I really, I love this movie. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's just, yeah. I mean, to me, it's just such a, a, a meditation on what what matters in life. But it's not. If you get caught in the winning and losing game again, we're all losers. We all lose. Um, mm-hmm. There was something that crossed my path, a, a little parable recently that kind of. I think goes in line with this and that's do you know the 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 glass is already broken do you know what that reference is that phrase Mm-mm. it's like an old buddhist teaching where um the a, a student asks the, the master like how can you handle how can you have peace in a world of impermanence knowing that everything ends and uh the master holds up a glass that he happens to like and he says i you know i like this glass it 
holds my water well and it reflects the sunlight beautifully. Um, but I know one day, maybe the wind, maybe my elbow, it'll fall over and break. And in that sense, the glass is already broken. So I will enjoy every moment I have with it. I think, you know, that's kind of like, it's, unfortunately, that's the truth of the world, but Mm -hmm. that's what makes it beautiful. Yeah. Just, the glass is already broken. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, not me, I'm going to live forever. No, you're not. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I decided that, that I just won't. Okay. Well, so you know, <laughs> it's a world of impermanence, except for Sydney. Sydney is everlasting. <laughs> the everlasting Sydney. I just, I just have a lot to do, and I decided I won't have time for that. Yeah, so. Sydney okay, eternal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the eternal Sydney of the spotless mind. <laughs> Has anyone ever just refused? No, <laughs> I'm going to try it. Can't do that. Um, well, Taylor, I really you, appreciate. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that you had us watch this because it, it is it did make me cry. It is sad, but I guess tragic comedy is the best thing because <laughs> it made me laugh more than it made me cry. And and I enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Again, I mean, I've, I'd seen it before, but it'd been a while. Thank you. Thank you for watching this tragic comedy with me. <laughs> uh, Riley, what's next? Yes. So I realized we had not talked about what a lot of people deem as the like quote-unquote friends of the modern era um that i personally love we've not talked about new girl yeah Um, and i have seen it multiple times all the way through it's my comfort show so thought we could talk about that all right sounds good that sounds good all right tay you'll get to enjoy it for the first time yeah Yeah. first time i'll rewatch make you watch all of it there's kind of a lot give give me some some special episodes you like to watch a lot Mm -hmm. i'll I'll start from the beginning but get some true american in there some thanksgivings in there it'll be good all right well uh thank you both um thank you listeners um if you haven't seen little miss sunshine as we as we kind of talked about there's definitely some themes that are heavy and you kind of need to be in a mental space where you're ready for those things but um if you are it's a great movie i don't remember where i found it like, I think I had to pay to rent it, but um, it's on yeah. HBO Max too. Oh, oh, well, that's good. That's where know. I found it last night. Well, yeah, I wish I, I would have. <laughs> I know. I, that's what I just thought. Like I also rented it. Like I wish I would have known. Right. <laughs> you just yeah. gotta search it up. I'll, the, I'll you give. You gotta search it on Google, money. and it shows you in the little circles. Yeah. Now, if you're a if you're a person of my age, you probably have it on DVD. That's true. I do. I do have it on DVD. I just didn't. Our DVD player, we only have one left and it's in one room and I would have had to switch rooms and go find it and it wasn't that expensive to rent. So I was like, I am not going to go hook up the DVD. And Justin's out of town. So like, what am I going to do? Hook up a DVD player on my own? No. Well, it's also on HBO Max for anyone that doesn't want to go through that. <laughs> there you go. And it has a great soundtrack. That's with Miss Mitchell. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um you should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the other great shows there on our network that you would love. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org. You can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. I 
show that to Charlie and Cooper, they will want to mimic the dance, and I don't know how they should with that. I don't think that this movie is quite. <laughs> you know, it seems like I'll, a I'll lot wait for little little hearts and minds. <laughs> yeah, we'll they're wait so till they're older. We'll hold right. off on this one. All right. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.